0: Hi, this is Amy Onorato, and you're listening to another DMN one-on-one podcast. I'm here today with Luke Beatty, CEO and Chairman of Brandfolder, a digital asset management platform. Thanks for joining me today, Luke.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great.
0: So let's just begin by you know starting with an overview. So for those who may not be familiar, what is digital asset management, and how does it work?
1: So digital asset management is a... It's really a platform um, kind of protocol that that applies to um, to businesses that want to, at some level, centralize their digital assets, which is basically like saying anything that's audio, video, text, or images, um, and and bring those into one sort of normalized um, point of control and point of access uh, um, for. For a business, and and most of the time, that has to do with, um, in our case, brand assets. Um, I think DAM can also have to do with anything as ranging as you know, um, digital assets that's, that you could say like a like a, like a doctor's office where you're talking about actual you know, uh, images and, and files of you know people's. Um, health records and things like that. But in the world, from, from a marketing and brand perspective, it has to do with keeping all of your, um, how you keep and maintain all of your your digital assets. And that means the things, the ingredients that are used to um, to build them. So those would be the ingredient assets, like your basic colors, fonts. You know, um, usages, uh, you know, and, and all the basic ingredients that you would use to make ad creative, or a podcast, or uh, a logo, or a video, or anything. So it's really the ingredients to make things, and then the things that um, that designers and creative, have, creatives have used to um, to to do brand exercises.
0: So it really is. It is in a way your toolkit everything that you would need, regardless of whether, like across different mediums. So whether you're dealing with a video and putting your logo on a video or putting your logo on your website or on an ebook, it's, it's that kind of central management system where anyone can find that, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I think it's at the very basic level, it's that, you know, it's, it's the watermark I need to put on a video, but it's also the video. And it's also, right. um, it, it's also the, 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 stacking of all the things that you need, um, to run your business. So if you're like an e-commerce company, it also would include every picture of every SKU that you have. You know, if you're a, um, media company, it might include all of your, um, all of your, you know, articles and videos and content. So it's, um, it can get super expansive, you know, uh most of our customers have thousands and thousands and thousands of assets, um, that they would call their brand assets. And there's a lot of them that are, that are trafficked around every day. Um, and then there's a lot of them that are really even in sort of archives, right? And they're just sort of kept. So, yeah. um, but it's about keeping them in a, in a very structured, normalized environment as opposed to which is the problem we solve, which is companies where you've, I'm sure you've been and everybody else has been where stuff is everywhere, right? Some stuff is on designers' computers, some stuff that the agency has, some stuff uh, employees have in their departments, some groups have their own Dropbox or their Google Drive where they're keeping this sort of stuff and this idea is about sort of taking the fragmentation out of that and putting it in a really thoughtful, organized way because the idea being that um, those brand assets are your brand. Um, and they are valuable. Uh, consistency matters. Um, tracking matters. Knowing who has what uh, matter. So uh, it's 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 about a. It's really about fighting the sprawl and that drives inconsistency and in problems like that.
0: That's a good point when you bring up when you bring up consistency because that's something kind of translating outside of, of the internal, a lot of what you focus on, especially when you're aiming to create that omni-channel experience, is making sure that you have this brand consistency across mobile, across desktop, in your direct mail, any sort of, in your sales emails, like any sort of way that you're connecting with a consumer, um, I feel like a lot of the trend has been towards that, we need that consistency, we need to create that, that customer experience that's seamless that way. So no. can you talk a little bit about you know, your experiences seeing that and, and why that's, that's yeah. important with that trend now?
1: Yeah, I think DAM has sort of exploded in the last three or four years um, because uh, marketers, uh, brand managers, creatives, all, all of these different um, roles and, and entities in the brand ecosystem they've sort of realized that um, that brand assets are really the baseline and the sort of um, the source for all of these activities you're talking about you're talking about you know uh, uh, screens mobile desktop all that but then also the activities that happen in there right branded content social email marketing all these sorts of things those things are all efforts and all exercises in trafficking brand assets at the end of the day, right? Your e commerce site is really an experience of you getting all of your product images, product descriptions, videos, um, all of those things up on the web, right? Your, your email marketing is the same thing, right? You're getting these things, you're getting these creative assets out to your customers or your pers- prospective customers or partners or what have you. Um, that's really an exercise in getting. A certain collection of creative that you pick to go out to people, so that they can interact with it. Um, social, etc. That's what these things are, right? Every social campaign is is is, a, is an exercise in trafficking brand assets. So that um, so the dam sort of sits below all of those things. Um, you don't want to have multiple dams everywhere. You want to have one centralized dam where all these things can go, and then you make collections for things that can go to different places. Right? Here's a collection of things for fall 2016 here's a collection of things for our partners here's a collection of things for our salespeople. here's a collection of things for our press kit right all these different things so that you then have this super foundational piece um that can be monitored and measured and all that sort of stuff i think we fight the sprawl but we also make it so that you have the data and the analytics around your creative um this idea that um If you were to ask a marketer most of the time, say, how's your brand doing? They would give you a very um, sort of editorial opinion about that. You know, our brand's growing or we have a halo brand or our brand is sort of an aging brand, but we have some new younger brands that resonate with these different people. But you don't often get the same kind of. Uh, analytical responses that you would get if I asked you how your ad campaign was doing, right? Your ad campaign would be a data-driven answer, right? We have click-through rates and, you know, uh, load time and uh, source and demo and geo. Well, we're trying to bring that to brand, too, so that you treat your you treat your brand um, with the same data and analytics expectations. And if you have the thing, have all these things in a platform, you can track them better, um, just like a crm right yeah if you if you treat if your crm was on everybody's computer and different people's spreadsheets and on different post-it notes and you just had your customers spread all over the place you wouldn't be able to track them very well so this is sort of a dam is sort of uh the same way of of uh um adding the same sensibilities you have to your crm to your brand kind of thing
0: and you touched on alignment a little bit too and i think that you know from my experience talking talking to marketers and, and kind of seeing you know, what kind of the struggles are from my perspective is that getting that alignment, whether you're a B2B trying to bring in ABM, for example, that's a huge effort for sales marketing, or even just being able to tie back your ROI across different channels, you know, how is my mobile doing? How are my influencer campaigns doing? Have you, from from your experience and, and what you do, what do you think some of the, the challenges are in creating that internal alignment across teams?
1: Um, I think it's, uh, I, first of all, I think it's hard because big brands usually have a lot of consistency, con- constituencies, right? They have, often they have agency or agencies. Um, they have um, different people who are managing brand for different products. So it's it's a lot of consensus building um just in general um i think alignment is is really something that i think you're starting to see more you see less less companies with renegade sort of brand initiatives um people take brand i think much more seriously than they used to um and i think uh, consensus can be reached now in, in um in ways that it couldn't before because of platforms. You didn't have to have um, so many fixed, um, you know, fixed brand, I would say, Creatives, people can create creative in any every format now. They can make creative, and we're doing a podcast right now. This could yeah. be done in ten different formats, right? So there's a lot more flexibility. So I think brand consensus is 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 a little bit easier because people can change formats, and you know, even now you look at lots of brands are operating on dynamic logos, right? Where look at pro sports teams, their logos change nightly. Um, so you don't have this alignment problem enough because there seems to be a lot more license for brands to go and do different things internally. Um, but what you do have to nail down are the sort of um, usage guidelines, brand promise. You know, what what do we stand for? Um, what things need to be consistent? What things don't need to be consistent? So you are starting to see a lot of the brand management being around, um, not just the assets, but the guidelines and the parameters around them. So I would say consistency has a lot to do with. If I were to give you a video, it's not just the video and you buying into what that video is trying to convey, but how are you supposed to use it? Are you supposed to be using it on social? Are you using it? You know, are you using it on your website? Are you using it all fall? Are you using it year round? Is it for customers? Is it for prospects? And the usage guidelines I think are is which is a big part of. What we do at Brand Folder is like connecting the assets with the guidelines so that people know like when you're supposed to use what and how you're supposed to use it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and from a content marketing perspective, uh, something I've seen is that repurposing and, and being able to maximize the ROI of an asset because yeah. really it is. like When you're creating something, you're aiming for value and you're yeah. putting the time and you're putting the effort into building a video, for example. And if you, you want to be able to make sure that you are using them in the ways that are as creative as you possibly can, so establishing those guidelines and saying, hey, this this video should be used one way if the sales team is bringing it on a demo with them as compared to if we're putting it on social media. Yeah. And that kind of being able to be flexible that way is, is kind of important and kind of a good thing for, for marketers to be thinking about how to kind of leverage and make the most out of their assets at the same time.
1: Yeah, and. Um, and and building a system that that enables that, even maybe so that you actually can only use it in certain ways. Like we have in, yeah. in, restricting in brandf- it as well. That could right. be right. the in other way. that we have ways of like making assets expire. You know, so you can you know you could you could give an asset to somebody, um, but it has rights management components around it, right? If you're
0: licensing things out or if there's partnerships that you do. We work with a lot of
1: pro sports teams who care a lot about, you know, when the Yankees license out their logo for the World Series, people can't make t-shirts in perpetuity, right? They can make t-shirts and use that logo and use that creative for this period of time to create this many things. So we build a lot of rights management, um, metadata, and, and information into those assets so they expire and things like that.
0: Are there any brands now that you see kind of doing this well and, and creating that kind of seamless experience across channels? Are there any 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 ones that you really kind of think are doing like, hey, they're doing a great job or they're nailing this?
1: Well, I think um, I think there are a lot of brands that do a great job. I think there's um, a direct corollary between the brands who um, who have simplicity. Um and brands who have very complex um uh, experiences, uh, it's a lot easier to uh, to manage a brand uh, if you're, for example, a direct-to-consumer business where you sell your own stuff and you make your own stuff and you're the only you know distribution point for your own whether it's e-commerce or software or what have you, B2B, B2C. Um, I generally think the direct-to-consumer um, brands do a great job with that um, just because they have few, fewer points of vulnerability and fewer points of, you know, me passing information to you, you passing it to the retailer, the retailer passes it to the distributor, the, you know, and a lot of this sort of, you know, games of telephone that happen with brand, that's where things slip through the cracks. So, um, you know, I think... You're starting to see a lot of really simple food brands, um, food and beverage, are, are are really good at that, um, solving a lot of complexities around distributors and many retailers and all that sort of stuff, um, and uh, and then I think that you know a lot of the vintage older um, consumer brands are really having a hard time, you know, and they need the platforms as much as anybody um, to sort of resimplify things. Um, I think brands that have complex, um, uh, user usage guidelines around them are generally ones that are hard to manage. You know, things were, when I were to say, you know, if I were to say, you know, I got this tea at Argo tea right down the corner. Um, I think if you and I were to think about Argo Tea, we'd probably be thinking about the same visual of what that brand looks like. What is, what's what's in the store, and how does it look? And kind of what's the menu look like? And um, what what is even the the, uh, the look and feel of the of the experience? Those are all things that people would put into a brand folder. Um, the colors, um,
0: they're purple. They had something. So for our listeners, Argo Tea is our right on the corner of our of our Chelsea office and they have this big poster right now with this purple it looks like it was like a hibiscus. I didn't yeah. even know what it was. I yeah. was like, hmm.
1: It's like a, it's like a high, I only know this I didn't know what it they're was. one of our they're one of our customers so they will load in all these things. So it's like a um you know it's like hibiscus teas with when they when they're sort of lighter colored cuz they have usually soy milk in them and things like that. Um, but I think if if, like, right now you and I are talking, the more we're talking about the same thing, we're yeah. not there, we can't see it, but the brand has left the same impression on us, those are generally good brands where you can tell consistency um, is happening. I'm not saying that because Argo's a customer of ours necessarily, but you, you, you and I know what that looks like, right? Yeah. And we also know of ones where if I were to say to you, um, you know... Uh,
0: McDonald's. You know, it, that's a... Cla- like, we all like the golden arches is something yeah. that instantly just you know. that... Staple item, yeah.
1: and if I were to ask you about, you know, what's what's the what's the latest logo with uh, logo and sort of color set that are related to Kmart, I, my my guess is that you wouldn't probably know because they've done a lot of changes and they're shifting it around. I'm not even actually sure they're still in business, but you know they've really struggled over the last ten years of like having consistent branding. So I think it's um, simplicity is is going to be the thing that that matters. Um, the hard part is is that. Fun brands do a lot of different things, so it's hard to be super consistent and then do a lot of fun, unique things that are engaging. So um, clean and simple works. Um, I think Soul is a good brand as far as that. I think people think about the same thing. I think their color is, is important. Um, they've done a lot about branding the thing that matters to them, which is a bicycle and people who've never... Even been on a SoulCycle bike, I think know what that looks like. Um, they know their fonts, they know their colors, and all that. But it's also very simple, and there's they've never changed it. Yeah, I know. I think uh, um, so. Yeah, I think simplicity is it. But the double edge is that the ones that do different stuff are also popular.
0: So. Yeah, maybe they. I mean, they could also even have the recognition enough to have that flexibility, and maybe that's something that you can play with once you've already established that name or mm-hmm. that branding where it's beyond a color. Yeah. It's it's that type of net or recognition.
1: That, right. Yeah, or that they have one anchor thing. Yeah. Know? And some companies have a jingle, right? And it's something that you hear. Some Mr.
0: Softy ice cream truck is the first, I mean, that's a, that's, you know, spring is here when you hear Mr. Softy down the street and you could be blocks away from it and you would know that that is Mr. Softy. Right.
1: And brand folder and, 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 other solutions like it are things that make it so that if you were to get a Mr. Softy truck, that's how you would get that jingle, right? That's how you would get that jingle. That's how you get all the creative that goes on the outside of the truck. Um, that's how if for some crazy reason we decided to change a jingle, I could get it changed in there and it would automatically change on your truck. Um, that's the kind of stuff um, that we that we try to do. If it turns into an exercise of people emailing it to other people and texting it and all that sort of stuff, that's where you lose the consistency.
0: Well. We are just about at time. Thank you so much. This was great, Luke. And for all of you guys listening, this has been another DMN One on One Podcast. We'll see you next week.
1: Thank you.